tell your neighbors, tell all your friends. It's the answers you need to know. It's the Wyatt Sharp Show. You're tuned into the Wyatt Sharp Show. Join 12-year-old host, Wyatt Sharp, each week as he interviews a Canadian politician to discuss the economy, climate change and politics. Here's your host, Wyatt Sharp. Okay, where are we? All right. So, All what right. are we up to? Uh, we're just doing an interview, so I'll just start right now if that's okay. Okay, yep. Okay. Um, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the show. Today, I'm joined by Charlie Angus, the Member of Parliament for uh, Timmins James Bay in the province of Ontario. Uh, Charlie, my first question that I'm going to ask you today is why did you get involved in politics and uh, why did you want to run to be the Member of Parliament for Timmins James Bay? Well, you asked a million dollar question. Uh, the last thing I ever thought I'd be is a member of parliament. Uh, I had really no interest in thinking I'd ever have a political life. But um, I worked, I, I've done a lot of different things in my life. And I got very, very involved in a big struggle here in Northern Ontario to stop a massive garbage dump from being put into our region. Uh, it, I thought it was a very reckless project. I thought it could really damage the water table. It began to draw other projects like burning PCBs, incinerators, I thought, which was very bad for the environment. And what really struck me was that the elected people that we trusted who would make sure to look out for the public interest didn't seem to be looking out for us. So I thought it was important to get active and that if big decisions were going to be made about the north and big decisions were going to be made about the region I lived in, I thought I wanted to be at the table figuring out, okay, why are we making these decisions and how does it help people and will it hurt um, our communities or our environment? So that was kind of the roundabout way that ended up me deciding to um, actually run to be a politician. Okay, and so my next question is, we know that uh, small businesses have been affected, obviously, by COVID-19. So uh, what have you done to help the small businesses in your community in your role as their member of parliament? Well, um, the small businesses have taken a massive hit because of the shutdowns. Um, what we did right away was we started uh, weekly calls with the Chamber of Commerce and Timmins um, to to hear from businesses, to find out what the problems were. Uh, New Democrats pushed to get the 75% uh, top up for wages when the government was gonna have it at 10%. We also really pushed the government on the, um, the, the rent subsidy, the original plan that they paid the money to the landlords did not work, it was a disaster. And we were able to hear directly from business about what was needed and how to help. And so I would take the meetings that we had in Timmins, then go to Ottawa and say, this is what we're hearing on the ground. So that's, I think is really important in politics is you gotta be meeting with people all the time. You gotta hear what the world is at, what, what the real world is outside of the Ottawa bubble and then be able to bring that real world back experience into parliament. Okay, so with budget 2021, your leader Jagmeet Singh made clear that you uh, that your party did not want a pandemic election. So other than some of the obvious reasons, why do you feel that a pandemic election isn't practical? I think it'd be really irresponsible at this time uh, when we're dealing with the biggest medical catastrophe in 100 years for 
political parties to be jockeying for position because the, they're watching the polls. We have to put Canadians first at this time. There's things in the budget I like. There's things in the budget I really don't like. But what I think would be really irresponsible is trying to take any party taking political advantage of it. Let's get this crisis behind us. Let's get people safe. And then let's talk about what we need to do in terms of the next election. Okay, and so on the topic of the next election, whatever that may be, it's looking like it could be um, after the pandemic or perhaps in the summer, early fall. Um, I think at this point, it's pretty clear that when the election happens, it's because um, the, the government will want an election. But how do you think that the NDP could grow their seat count in the next election, whatever that may be, to let's say bring them back to their 2011 seat count? That's a really good question. I think one of the things that made Justin Trudeau so successful is he really built on people's hope. His campaign in 2015 uh, was a very much a come from behind election. And he made a lot of big promises, certainly promises that new democratic voters really care about. He promised to end all the boiled water advisories in five years. That never happened. In fact, they've completely blown up the water. He made the promise to have electoral reform, which is a big, big thing for a lot of people. And now we know that'll never happen. He promised pharmacare, that'll never happen. There are areas where the New Democrats are traditionally very, very strong, where we did lose seats in 2015 and we lost um, some seats in 2019 that we we will will gain back. Some of the big battlegrounds, uh, the, uh, the 401 uh, region, it's actually often in the 401 heading down towards Windsor, not struggles between uh, liberals and NDP, but uh, NDP, it's a classic NDP conservative battleground. In Northern Ontario, we're very strong. Traditionally, uh, up until 2011, we held almost all the seats in Northern Ontario. I think Sudbury, Nickel Belt, Thunder Bay look very good for us. Some of the seats out in Edmonton look strong. We're very strong out in BC. So I think it would be a very interesting election when it does happen. I, but I never, um, I don't, I don't uh, bet money on elections because they turn around so strange sometimes. But uh, I think we're in a pretty good position. What about specifically in Quebec? Because I think that's one of the reasons um, Jack Layton and, and your party did so well in 2011 was because of how well they did in Quebec. So how can your party grow their seat count uh, specifically in the province of Quebec? Well, that's an excellent question. Jack Layton put a lot of effort into Quebec over the years, uh, building uh, trust with the voters. Um, it was really important for the Quebec voters to feel that someone from outside of Quebec understood them, even though Jack had been born in Montreal, he was very seen as someone from Toronto. We have a number of areas where we're very strong, where we've had, you know, we've held um, seats for eight years in Quebec uh, and then lost them in the last election. A lot of this, a lot of the losses we took in Quebec are really split races between liberal, bloc, NDP, uh, conservative, and sometimes those percentages are very, very small uh, that we lost by. So there's a number of seats we're looking to. to win back um, and I think that the um, Jagmeet Singh's is French is really uh, like since the leadership has become he's really comfortable and he's very funny in French I think that makes a big difference people like a leader that it seems like a, a regular guy a guy they can hear from so um, Quebec will be a definite battleground for us. Okay, my next question to you is climate change is still a big crisis. I know this is something that uh, your leader Jagmeet Singh has focused on is that um, COVID's a really big crisis, obviously, as well, but 
the climate crisis is still there. So how do you think we can focus, uh, still focus on climate change, but also focusing on COVID-19, kind of not making sure that one crisis doesn't overshadow the other one? Well, that is so important. Um, the International Energy Agency, hardly anybody's idea of an environmental group just came out and said, we have to make the transition to clean energy now. Um, and I think part of the problem in Canada is that we have become, we are so dependent. We are an energy, major energy power, but because we haven't been putting the, the money into the transition, we're leaving sections of our country at real risk. Um, right now, there's been a huge outflight of capital. All the big um, investing groups are pulling out of Canada because they're not seeing us take action. Uh, Trudeau, Mr. Trudeau takes, he speaks great about the environment, but you're not seeing action. We need to be saying, if we're going to make the transition, we have to make the investments because making the transition is about not leaving people behind. It's not a, about like just shutting down an industry. We need to transition that industry and we have to move it quickly. I think, I think uh, a good percentage of the population understands that. I think young people really understand it because it's your future that's at stake here. So I think coming out of COVID, we need to have a plan on the ground. And, and the, the reality is, is if you invest, in um, renewables, if you re in in renovations to make houses more efficient, you're actually growing the economy. So the idea that like last year we put 18 billion dollars into the oil sector, I mean it's it's a 20th century economy, and we're well into the 21st century economy. I want the government to start putting the investments to make that transition happen now. Okay, my next question is: How do you think things like pharmacare? Um, something that your party has been pushing for will eventually happen and how are you going to try to convince other members of parliament to vote uh, for these motions that will introduce national pharmacare for Canadians? Well the reality with pharmacare is it actually saves money. Um, it We've had um, uh, incredible medical uh, studies on pharmacare. Right now, there's a patchwork of services, and because it's a patchwork, a lot of people aren't covered. It costs a lot. A lot of money comes out of private industry to have uh, um, pharmacare programs for their employees. If we if we put it all into one national program, it gives us massive buying power, so we can actually lower the cost of drugs. We make sure everyone's covered. We save money. It's a pretty straightforward thing to do, um, but I think you know, quite honestly, the the Liberal government has has been very the uh, influenced by the big pharma lobbyists. Big pharma does not want uh, a pharmacare program because um, it it will cut into their profits. So I think the thing is, is we've got it makes sense. The medical community is on side. It saves money. We have to just keep pushing, and and maybe uh, in the next government when we'll be back to minority. Minority governments are good for Canadians because minority governments hold governments accountable. I'm hoping that we will get pharmacare passed soon, sooner than later. Okay, and so uh, my next question for you um, that I have today is, do you think that the target to get all Canadians vaccinated by 2021 uh, or by September of 2021 will uh, happen at the rate they're saying? I mean, at this point, they're actually saying that it could be even sooner, um, but what do you think is the most realistic? Um, we need to make the vaccine rollout a national priority. Um, it's going well in some areas, but I know in Ottawa, people are still scrambling. People are trying to find places to get vaccinated. And getting a single dose is not going to 
be enough for us to be able to start to do major reopening. And it's going to continue to affect and drag the economy and people are going to continue to get sick. So right now, uh, COVID numbers have dropped uh, almost 75% in Ontario over the last uh, two months, uh, month and a half. And that's amazing. Uh, but my community at Timmins, we're in a state of emergency because these variants are really dangerous. So Timmins is spiking, other parts of the province is going down. We need to get the vaccine rollout happening. I think if it if it drags on till September, it's, it's going to take a lot of small businesses with it because we need to get the economy open. We need people getting out there and you can't do that without two doses. Yeah, I mean, today Ontario reported 1,588 cases of COVID, and then obviously a large portion of them are from the hotspot regions like Toronto, Peel, Ottawa, York, hotspot regions like those, but obviously lots of cases do still come from uh, from some of those other areas. But uh, that was my last question that I had for you today, and so um, thanks again for joining me, and it's been great having a conversation. Hey, this is fantastic. How, how long have you been doing this show? I started it back in January. This is great. So you you talk to federal, provincial, municipal, like who do you talk all, to? Yeah, all three. So I live in um, uh, Clarington, which is Bow Bowmanville. Do you know where Bowmanville is? Yep, yep. Yeah, so um, I live in a really small community, just probably about five minutes away from Bowmanville called Orno. So it's very small. Um, and so uh, I do some of the, I did an episode um, that's going to be coming soon that I had the mayor and then a large portion of uh, my city councillors on. And then I, I actually did Doug Ford as well, which was oh, wow. a, a really <laughs> fun conversation. I um, bet. And then, yeah, and then I've done some federal ones as well. Cool. Well, listen, thanks so much. If you need any help getting anybody at the federal level, let me know. Okay. Thank you very much, Charlie. Okay. Take care. Okay. You bye. Too.